0: Welcome to Critical Aspects of Law Enforcement, a podcast where we dive into the physical, mental, emotional, and spiritual well-being of the law enforcement officer. Welcome to Critical Aspects. I'm your host, Vernon Phillips, and this week's episode, we're going to talk about stress. Stress is something that each of us deal with in some form or fashion. For most of us, when we think about stress some various thoughts come to mind. And individuals experience stress differently and are affected by stress differently. This could be thoughts of work-related stress, personal stress, or a combination of both. What is stress? Well, one definition of stress is a response characterized by physical and psychological arousal as a direct result of any exposure to any demand or pressure or a reaction even to the thought of something. So this could be things like bills or a critical incident or a strained relationship. And another definition of stress is a state of mental or emotional strain or tension resulting from adverse or demanding circumstances. The adverse or demanding circumstance is up to the individual's own personal interpretation. Some feel that a circumstance may be more adverse than others, although that doesn't discredit the effect it has on the individual. And when we look at the law enforcement profession, it's no secret that law enforcement professionals are exposed to stress. This can be a result of heavy workload, a stressful incident, or just stress associated with perceived performance expectations from the agency or the public. Let's dive into specific stressors that are associated directly with the law enforcement profession. According to Dr. John Violante, there are two general categories of law enforcement stress, job content and job context. Job content covers things like work schedules, shift work, long hours, overtime, court work, traumatic events, threats to physical and psychological health. And job context covers things like organizational stressors and characteristics of the organization and behavior of individuals, bureaucracy, politics and coworker relations. And we start talking about organizational stressors. Organizational stressors contribute to things like depression, anxiety, burnout, suicidal ideations, along with other mental health complications. In a recent study, two of the most frequent reoccurring stressors out of the top five are one, fellow officers not doing their job, and two, inadequate or poor quality equipment. If you've been in the profession long enough, you've experienced each of these in some form or another. Maybe not every single aspect was stressful, but you probably have past experiences or even are currently dealing with one of these stressors in your life. Work schedule, shift work, long hours, and overtime can be brutal. Not only that, they can cause undue stress in your life. These can affect your sleep habits, but more specifically, they can affect your home life, family life, hobby life, things like that. If you work night shift, oftentimes your first day off is sleeping, just trying to catch up on the sleep that you missed throughout that tour of duty. Maybe you stay on a night shift schedule to reduce the amount of strain it has on your body. Although if you have a family or life in general, this is not feasible. What about organizational stressors or characteristics of the organization like behavior of individuals, politics, coworker relations? Sometimes the messy things like stated earlier, organizational stressors contribute to depression, anxiety, burnout, suicidal ideation with other mental health complications. We've all been there. When we start talking about some of these stressors, we start talking about specifically maybe coworker relations. We've all been there. Not having the right equipment needed to effectively do the job or having to deal with the officer that doesn't want to tow their own weight. That can be extremely frustrating. Not only that, that can be extremely stressful. Whether you work the road or you work behind the wire, sitting in briefing, maybe the shift is already short or you're down officers and they call your zone partner or your pod partner and you automatically know, I'm going to be doing all the work. They stick you with Sir Sleeps-a-Lot, the Slug, the Snail, Sasquatch, because they can never be found, or the Houdini, because like a magician, they always disappear, They just seem to have that knack for being gone when things are really busy, when call volumes are high, when there's a lot of commotion going on in the pod, whatever it may be. Ugh, that's frustrating. Or maybe they're just the old Barney Fife. Just a real swell individual, stand-up individual, nice guy, girl. But when the stuff hits the fan, not the person you want to be going into battle with. Not the person you want to have in your back. Now. Take the stresses associated with the job and combine it with the stressors of life. Add the stressors of life into that. This could be social, financial, relational, situational, health complications. This can greatly increase the pressure in your life, right? The amount of stress in your life. This leads to things like distraction, poor job performance, unhealthy eating and or drinking habits, uncharacteristic emotional responses, and strained relationships. See, the anxiety that officers face each day is often caused by the stresses in their lives. Always having your head on a swivel, constantly being on guard or on edge, distrust for those around you, distrust just for general people in the the population, general public. That's why you're always on guard. You're always watching somebody look suspicious when you go to a restaurant and sit in the areas that give you the best tactical advantage, to give you all aspects of the restaurant or wherever you may be, your exits, and then you start planning. That's the job. Some of the stress can be managed by various techniques, while others require more in-depth resources. But here are a few potential stress management tips that are offered by Dr. Conroy. Getting an adequate amount of sleep, physical exercise, exercise. Talk about it, better time management, express your feelings, reframe the problem, and avoid unnecessary stress. Most of you right now are thinking about whoa, 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 back up. Did he say talk about it and express your feelings? You're probably thinking right now, I know he just didn't say talk about it and express your feelings because we in law enforcement do not express our feelings. We don't talk about it, we don't share it, and we for sure don't talk about our feelings. When I say that, what I mean is, Not that you're going to lay down on a couch with someone that's going to psychoanalyze you, get out the clipboard, and start writing down your deepest, darkest secrets. What I'm talking about, if you have a stressful event, you have a critical incident, and you just got a lot of stress, just talking about that event. Talking about it, getting that out, kind of debriefing that situation, airing that out, and then expressing your feelings surrounding that. If it happens to be a particularly stressful call or crappy call, that involves, let's say, a three-month-old or something like that, or or maybe some type of uh, incident like behind the wire where there was a suicide attempt, and it just kind of left you on edge, and you're just like, man, that was messed up. The way that whole situation went down, the way all of that took place, man, that just makes me mad. I'm frustrated. I'm just mad. That's what I'm talking about. I'm not talking about getting deep down into the nitty-gritty of your heart. That might be something needed in your life, but that's not what I'm talking about. Another aspect that we can do is control breathing. For most of you, you've probably heard of controlled breathing, tactical breathing, combat breathing, and depending on where you've learned it from, it kind of varies. But generally, it is three to four seconds inhale through your nose, three to four seconds hold, three to four seconds exhale through your mouth, and then you repeat that. That is really good to do, especially when you're really stressed or in a stressful situation, because what happens when you're really stressed or in the heat of the moment, your heart rate elevates. Controlled breathing, combat breathing that helps to lower your heart rate, helps you to think more clearly, just gives you that extra edge in that moment. Another good exercise is focused breathing. So with focused breathing, you want to find a comfortable position. Maybe that's in a chair, maybe it's laying down, but you also want to be in a quiet place. And then you're going to want to go through the following steps. You're going to breathe in through your nose for two to three seconds. You're going to hold your breath for two to three seconds. Then you're going to breathe out through your mouth for two to three seconds. But here's the difference. While you're doing this, try to focus on your breathing. And as you breathe out, say some type of word that actually helps you envision relaxing. Maybe that word is relax or focus or control, or maybe it's de-stress. But when you do this exercise, always use the same word and then do this for two to three minutes. Controlled breathing or like tactical breathing. That's good. You can do that on duty, off duty, focused breathing. You can do it on duty, off duty, but it's generally more of a off duty exercise because, you know, you want to be able to relax and get into a comfortable position. But controlled breathing, something you can do on on duty, especially if you're going from one call to the next. You can do it right in your car. It's just something that It helps you to kind of lower your stress level. Another good exercise for stress is muscle relaxation. This is the same idea as focused breathing. Another good exercise to utilize for reducing stress is muscle relaxation. This is the same idea as focused breathing, although you're going to focus more on the tension or the stress points you feel in your body. So you're going to want to do an initial scan of your body and figure out where you carry most of your stress. See, most of us, we had a tendency to carry our stress, you know, in various parts. It might be your shoulder and your neck. Those are the focus points. You want to do that initial scan and kind of pinpoint that area. Now, to complete this exercise, you're going to want to get into a comfortable position, and you can either be sitting or lying down. Again, it's more effective in a quiet place. And before you start, you're going to take a few deep breaths, and then you're going to start with your feet, and you're going to work all the way up to the top of your head. And you're going to focus on each muscle group. And you're going to tense that muscle group for four to five seconds and then release. A full body progressive muscle relaxation, if it's done correctly, will take about 10 to 15 minutes. Now, this is a really good exercise just to kind of alleviate that stress that's in your body. Here are a few more suggestions. Getting an adequate amount of sleep. Because that is both vital to your body and your mind. There's also meditation and mindfulness. Some of that is things like mindful breathing being mindful of how you breathe and how you're doing that process, mindful observation, maybe getting out in nature and you know seeing that beauty, mindful awareness, just being mindful of the daily tasks that you're able to complete each and every day. Now, when you think about that, you're like, that's kind of stupid, but not really. When you actually think about having mindful awareness, there's a lot of people because of disabilities or other physical complications, they just can't do the regular daily tasks that you can do. So when you actually are mindful of that, it kind of gives you a better appreciation. It kind of helps to relax you a little bit. Now, also mindful listening, which is, means being non-judgmental. In the law enforcement profession, that can be kind of hard to do sometimes. We're always listening to somebody. Just here's another excuse. Give me some reason. Make up some kind of bogus lie, blah, blah, blah. But what I'm talking about mindful listening is maybe it's with friends or you're shooting with an other and you're actually engaging in that conversation. You're actually listening to them. You're being mindful of that conversation. Another thing is mindful immersion. So being content in the moment, finding that contentment in the moment, just kind of being happy with where you're at in life. And then there's mindful appreciation, being thankful for the little things. Here's another suggestion is six stress-resistant characteristics given by Dr. Ray Flannery. There's six of them. So the first one is take personal control. Taking personal control, reasonable mastery. Look at the problems, clearly identify what's wrong, gather the necessary info to solve it, choose your strategy, and then try it and see how it works. But don't just assume that only one solution is going to work. You want to kind of look at the whole totality of it and then address it as needed. The second thing is task involved. Purposeful meaning in life. That means spending three to five hours per week doing something that provides meaning to your life. So that could be volunteering at a a local shelter or volunteering to be a big brother or big sister in a community program, something like that, something that kind of brings a little bit of purpose into your life. The third thing is making wise lifestyle choices. So he gives seven steps, things such as limiting dietary stimulants, such as caffeine, nicotine and refined white sugars. Other things are aerobic activity, aerobic exercise. That's one of the best ways to reduce stimulant arousal. Three 10 minute relaxation sessions a week and three 20-minute exercise sessions per week. The other thing is, number four, seek out social support. When you think about seeking out social support, think about things like touch, maybe older people in a nursing home. Those people probably just long for that touch, long for just having that conversation. That works really well. And it also works for mental and physical health. It just kind of gives you a little bit of a boost. Five is sense of humor. I should kind of make a little... uh offshoot here when we start talking about sense of humor especially in the law enforcement community because sometimes the law enforcement community sense of humor can be a little bit dark a little bit crude that's also kind of one of those ways that law enforcement cope that would be kind of like you're at the scene of a bad wreck and maybe there's a fatality and let's say a citizen drives by there's a couple officers you know kind of off to the side and they're kind of cutting up joking and stuff and maybe the body's right there next to them and citizens are like man those people don't even care Well, not necessarily true. That's one way that they cope with that situation. Pull them away from the reality of what that is. When I say sense of humor, it's good to have a sense of humor. Kind of try to curb maybe that dark side, that crude side a little bit. But everybody loves a good laugh. Generally, when you kind of laugh, what does it do? It makes you forget about your stress. And the last thing is concern primarily with the welfare of others. Now, Sometimes that can be hard, especially if we've got a lot of things going on in our personal life. But... When we take the focus off ourselves, shift it to somebody else, and we have concern primarily for somebody else where maybe they're in need or they're kind of in a situation where they needed a little extra help or a hand, that gives us that ability to, to just alleviate some of the stress in our own life. Obviously, another way that we can deal with stress is exercise. Now, the American Heart Association recommends at least 30 minutes of moderate intensity aerobic activity at least five days a week. They figure about 150 minutes per week. Or at least 25 minutes of vigorous aerobic activity, at least three times per week, equaling about 75 minutes. Or you can do a combination of the two. And they also recommend a moderate to high intensity muscle strengthening activity, at least two days per week. When we think about exercise, obviously most of us can sit back and be like, yeah, you know what? Exercise has a benefit, but it's not just that. Exercise has a physiological and a psychological benefit to us. So what is that? How does it help us? Well, Rapid metabolism of excess adrenaline and thyroxine in the bloodstream. Enhanced oxygenization of the blood and brain, leading to improved concentration. Production of endorphins, reduced insomnia, increased feelings of well-being, and reduced depression. So when we think about exercise, man, there's a lot of benefits, not just to your physical health, but also your psychological health. Keep that in mind. When we start thinking about what is not a good way to deal with stress? What is not a healthy way to deal with stress? One of those is alcohol. Just hold on now. Don't unsubscribe just yet or hit the delete button. What I mean is, is alcohol a coping strategy? Yeah, but it's neither healthy nor is it effective. Because when we start thinking about alcohol use, a lot of times, characteristically, there's this idea in law enforcement that they use alcohol or maybe some other substances as self-medication to kind of drown away the things that they've seen or experienced. I heard one guy say, hey, I use it to push back the demons. Well, that's not a healthy or effective way to deal with it because depending on how much you self-medicate, and let's be honest, there's some people that do this, it can actually cause more problems than it does alleviate anything, especially if you wake up the next day and you don't know where you are. Who you're with, where your car is, and why you're wearing pink socks—that just added a whole lot more stress to an already stressful situation. In an article, Dr. Valenta shares that in a study involving 115 randomly selected officers from various mid-sized agencies, the study revealed that 63.9% of those in that study exceeded the daily recommendation of WHO or the World Health Organization, which is 20 grams per day. 11.5 consumed seven plus drinks a day, almost exceeding the weekly recommendation in one day. And then 17.2 consumed six plus drinks on one occasion on a weekly or daily basis, which should I add in there is also considered hazardous drinking. Compare that to the national workplace average or just the national workplace, the general population, it's almost double. For law enforcement, it's seventeen. For the U.S. sample that was provided, it was 8.8. What does that tell us about the law enforcement profession? For one, it tells us that they like to self-medicate. The law enforcement profession has the same potential risk factors for alcohol abuse as other hard-drinking occupations. I'm sure you don't have to use your imagination what those occupations could be. And in a study involving 1,328 full-time law enforcement officers, the most At risk for drinking problems showed that it was for fitting in. That was the highest reason for drinking, just to fit in. There was also, it was due to stress, peer pressure, isolation, young males, and culture that approves of alcohol use. Of course, culture that approves of alcohol use when you see that the most highest reason for drinking was to fit in. When we start looking at stress management, we need to do better. The law enforcement profession needs to do better. We need to give up the old way of dealing with things and look at some of the new ways offered to offset and mitigate stress in our lives. Because here's the thing, it's this old idea of stowing it, stuffing it, stacking it, pushing it away, drinking it away, statistically does not work. And it's proven to not work, right? When we see some of the things that manifest in the law enforcement profession, when we see people self-medicate and it just completely self-destruct and just implode on themselves, we've got to do better. Using the tips listed can have great benefit in your life. It cannot outweigh the importance of investing into a healthy, active, and maturing spiritual life. This doesn't mean that you're not going to face stressful circumstances, but it will better equip you to maintain a clear mindset and positive perspective in the midst of those struggles, in the midst of those stressful moments in your life. Finally, I want to share with you and I want to leave you with some words of encouragement. Philippians chapter four, verses eight through nine state, finally, brothers, whatever is true, whatever is honorable, whatever is just, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is commendable. If there is any excellence, if there is anything worthy of praise, think about these things. Whatever you have learned and received and heard and seen in me, Practice these things, and the God of peace will be with you. Just think about that for a second. And the God of peace will be with you. Most of us, what do we want in our stressful lives? We want peace. I appreciate you tuning in and listening to Critical Aspects of Law Enforcement. Remember to subscribe to the podcast and share this resource with your fellow officers. The goal of Critical Aspects is to serve, support, and sustain the law enforcement professionals. So head over to www.criticalaspects.org for more resources, information. And as always, God bless and be safe.